Well, good morning. After a couple of attempts uh, and some technical difficulties with the previous recordings, we have a change of scenery, I'm recording from my home instead of from the church. Uh, but we are going to continue on with our New City Catechism devotional, considering question 11. It says, what does God require in the 6th, 7th, and 8th commandments? 6th, that we do not hurt or hate or be hostile to our neighbor, but be patient and peaceful, pursuing even our enemies with love. 7th, that we abstain from sexual immorality and live purely and faithfully, whether in marriage or in single life, avoiding all impure actions, looks, words, thoughts, or desires, and whatever might lead to them. 8th, that we do not take without permission that which belongs to someone else, nor withhold any good from someone we might benefit. In the passage they, they look to for this question is Romans 13, verse 9, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We have already considered the idea that the whole of the law is summed up in, in these two ideas, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And Paul reminds in Romans 13 that these commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And something else important to consider before we dig into the idea further of what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself and and how the law is summed up in this idea. I think it's important to remember that these sins have external outworkings. Murder is the act of killing another person. Committing adultery is being unfaithful to your spouse. Stealing is taking something from someone else for yourself. But all of these physical outworkings, all of these external actions, really begin in the heart. Christ reminds in Matthew 5 uh, that, that being hateful towards our brothers is to have committed murder in our heart. It goes on in Matthew 5 that to look lustfully at someone is to have committed adultery in your heart. Um, and James reminds that when we steal and quarrel and, and murder, it's because we are not content. It's because there's a heart issue at play. Uh, so we are reminded that our sinful actions start with the heart, what's going on inside. And we're going to shift then to consider how are these commandments, how, how, how is not, not murdering, not committing adultery, not stealing, how are they summed up? in loving one another, loving our neighbor. Well, consider 1 John 2, 7 through 11. It says this, Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You see, John is, is making this connection between love and being in relationship with God. 
And he says, whoever says he is in the light, and, and John has used that idea previously in the book to establish being in the light is to be in relationship with God. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. But whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. And so John is again making this connection that if we perfectly love, then we would perfectly live out these commandments, right? If we perfectly love as love is defined in scripture, then we would not be tempted to murder, lust, or steal because our framework for life would just be different. Um, now, we recognize that we wrestle with sin even as believers. Um, we, we struggle with sin. We have an old nature that's at war with our new nature. And so what John is talking about when he says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness, isn't necessarily moments of... Um, anger or hatred towards other people. Now, that is still a sinful action, but that doesn't mean we're not in relationship with God. What, what John establishes throughout his letter is, is this habitual, not walking in light, but walking in darkness. Uh, so I want to just caution how we read that and understand what John is actually saying. So we we have to understand then what love is. If 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 to love someone in the way that the Bible defines love means that we would not murder, lust, or steal, then we have to consider what actually is biblical love. And 1 Corinthians 13 is helpful in this, verses 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You see, love involves affection, compassion, care, and self-sacrifice. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. In all of these things, you see a selflessness about love. Love puts other people before ourselves. First John 4, later in the book, again, is helpful. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And so we see throughout scripture that the picture of love is self-sacrificing. It is building others up, uh, sometimes at the expense of our own needs or desires. But we are called to this self-sacrificing kind of love towards others. We are, we are to be self-sacrificing that we build others up. 
And I think it's important as we think about love to also acknowledge that love is a fruit of the Spirit, right? The first one that is listed, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so on. But love is a fruit of the Spirit. So if we're going to grow in this self-sacrificing kind of love, it's going to come back and start in submitting ourselves daily to God, to, to rest in Him, to find our identity in Him, to spend time in His Word and in prayer. Because if, if God is going to work this in us, that it is part of our lives, it doesn't just happen. Um, it takes time with the one who loves us perfectly. But we are called to this self-sacrificing kind of love. And in Romans 13, Paul illuminates again the truth that love is at the core of the law. To perfectly live out the law, love has to be the starting point. Um, and, and in fact, the, the command to love your neighbor as yourself is really at the heart of the law of Christ. Consider Galatians, where it says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, right? We, we rally around others and, and lift them up and carry their burdens, and this displays the love of Christ. James calls the command to love our neighbor as ourself the royal law. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. And so when Scripture talks about love, it's talking about this agape, self-sacrificing kind of love. And it's a kind of love that's not really based on emotions, though, again, affection is a part of this love, but it is an act of will. Sometimes we don't feel like loving our neighbors or loving our enemies, but we decide that we are going to. It's self-sacrificing, deliberate, active love. And I think it's important also to note that this kind of love displayed towards one another is a witness to a watching world. Jesus reminds that people will know that we are God's disciples, that we are followers of Christ based on how we love one another. And so love is a gospel witness to a world in need. And to love someone with God's love is to promote the person's best interests, to actively work not to harm, but to bring good. Love is directed not only toward fellow believers, but to all people, even our enemies. And again, I think it's important to, to pause and note, to love someone in this kind of way doesn't mean we simply accept everything about them. I think we understand that sometimes the most loving thing we can do is put up guardrails and remind that there is a right and wrong way to live, right? We, we wouldn't assume a, a, a parent who grabs their child from running into the road because the child is free and gets to do whatever they want. We wouldn't assume that that parent who stops the child isn't loving them. No, we would assume because they have stopped and actually restrained some freedom they are loving their child well. And so to love in a self-sacrificing, others-building-up kind of way, um, sometimes it, it does mean that we call out sin, that we identify sin in our lives and in their lives in order that they might walk more faithfully with God. And so regardless of our emotional response to other people, agape love will act for their good regardless of the cost. 
And that is the kind of love that scripture speaks of when it says we are to love our neighbor as ourself. It's this agape, self-sacrificing kind of love that is the fulfillment of the law or in which the laws are summed up. And so the commands are summed up in love because if we truly love as God did, we would not be quick to anger and so commit murder in our hearts. We would not commit adultery because godly love does not lust, this selfish act, but it seeks the good of others. And we would not steal because our value would not be found in things, and so there would be no need to steal. And so we are, we are left with really the prayer, God, grow this fruit of the Spirit in us, that we might love as you love, that we might um, treat others as you would have us treat others. And Father, help us to to not murder or commit adultery because we have loved perfectly. So we, we seek to love as God has loved, to love our neighbor as ourselves.